Heyo, welcome back to the Be a Lion podcast. I'm your host, Teresa Brenneman, and I am getting over the flu, so I'm very nasally. Um, I've been sitting on this podcast for months, and I'm so excited I get to release it. You know, the more I tune in with my emotional solar plexus and I let it guide me with everything in life, every decision, including when to release podcasts, the more I feel these subtle cues and the only way I can describe it is that there's this voice inside of me that's telling me when to take action or when to respond to something and it's just like a yes or a no (laughs) so I was feeling into it today and I I got a very clear yes today is the day so I think there's a couple reasons for that now in hindsight Number one, uh, since recording this podcast, Brayton and I have become good friends. We actually got to meet in person and go to the High Desert Human Design Conference in Santa Fe together uh, with our friend Brandy. We stayed together for five days and just really got to know each other on a deeper level. And I feel like Brayton's family now. (laughs) We kept joking that we were the core penta (laughs) Um, because the three of us made a penta together. And for those of you who don't know what that is, a penta is uh, three to five people and it creates this, it's called a transauric form, but it creates a like an actual entity with the three of us together. Anyways, our penta is the bomb. (laughs) And it just felt it felt really good. I really enjoyed being around him, feeling his energy, witnessing him in action and group dynamic and seeing how provocative he is because I also have the 3955 channel of emoting and seeing that work in such a organic, clear and concise way was really inspiring to me as well as it taught me a lot about my energy, even though we're completely different beings, different types, you know, we're both two fours, both have channel of emoting and um, our energies just work really well together in that way. So it was extremely empowering to see him be himself so clearly. And so just to give you a rundown on what we talk about in this podcast, we definitely go out there. We go into some more advanced human design teachings, some um, rave cosmology, which is really Ra's prophecy of what is to come and, you know, how our universe works. Some really trippy stuff. So if you're not into that kind of thing, maybe the second half of this podcast won't be for you. I don't know. Make your own decisions. Listen to your own authority. Um, But the first half of this podcast really goes into projectors and what makes them such unique beings. And you can really feel Brayton's passion for being a projector. He's a quad right emotional projector 2-4 profile. Probably should have said that a while ago, but, (laughs) uh, and you can just feel his passion. You can feel how much he cares about projectors succeeding, finding success. And it's, it, it really blows me away. It's awesome. It's great to witness. And then, you know, we kind of go all over the place after that. I don't really remember what my open head was wondering about. Uh, my open head was hijacking me quite a bit at the time that I <laughs> recorded this podcast. And I was really trying to solve the mysteries of life. Since then, I'm a lot more grounded. I don't feel the need to solve the mysteries of life. Not that my open head doesn't still try to take me away on a journey, but 
I've, I've really started to make peace with that part of myself and that I don't need to know all of the answers. I don't need to find out everything. And, you know, human design has its perspective on what are aliens and what are ghosts and all of these things and what's going to happen to our world. And of course, it's it's a prophecy. It's not absolute fact. Um, so you can draw your own conclusions from the information in this podcast. And I don't know how I feel about a lot of it, to be honest. I'm I'm pretty convinced that the human design prophecy about the raves in 2027 is absolutely correct. But we won't know until we know. So that being said, draw your own conclusions, do your own research, feel into your own authority. So the other reason why I think this podcast needed to come out today is because Brayton just released his new offering and it's called Projector Empowerment Immersion. So it's a lecture-based program with a concentration on seeing, understanding, and recognizing the other and integrating human design knowledge specific to the class theme of the day. So the different themes are going to be recognition, the invitation, the forces in your life, uh, definition and using your definition, and color. And this is only for projectors. So it's going to be a small group, I think no more than 10 people. So get on this if you're feeling a yes in your body. You have until September 30th to sign up. If it doesn't feel like a yes to you, I definitely recommend checking out Brayden's other offerings. I'm going to link his website in the show notes. You can just do you know, a one-on-one session with him, get projector empowerment session. Uh, you can also do the immersion option with a one-on-one option. Um, and then he has lots of other things for the other types as well, as well as right beings like myself if you are right-brained right-minded he is very empowering for those of us that operate in that way him being a quad right himself so without further ado here is my chat with Brayton Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, Brayton. I'm so excited to ask you some questions and just jam out for a bit. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah. So um, for, I really just like to ask people at first, how how did you get into design and what pulled you to it? I got into design. I got into design right when I got home from Syria, so uh, two years ago. Um, yeah, about two years ago, just a little bit over, no, about exactly two years ago, actually, yeah. Wow. And did somebody introduce it to you, or did you see it somewhere? Like, what Yeah, Manifestor, Manifestor ah. friend of mine, uh, classical, right? Of course. <laughs> Manifestor friend of mine uh, initiated me, in and uh, basically just went wild with it from day one, um, 
yeah, I picked up human design uh, that night and I haven't put it down since. So. Wow. Did you feel immediately seen by it or was it kind of an experience of like, I don't really understand this, but I'm curious of it. Uh, <laughs> design is, uh, it's interesting for projectors. Um, because what we are is nothing that the world is at all. So we're immediately told that we don't have any energy, you know, we're not an energy type, which is true. We don't have energy, but you don't necessarily like understand it at first. You have, you have no, no context for what it means to be a non-energy type. So I think that pretty much every projector at first is like, uh, uh, this makes sense. But, um, I mean, it, it <laughs> It generally makes sense to us because we're designed to master systems. So systems make sense to us pretty easily. Um, it's like, uh, I get it, but at the same time, uh, I don't like this. There's always a little bit of resistance for every projector at the beginning. Um, I would say probably more so than, than anybody else, just because we're, we're, we're not designed for introspection or really to look at ourselves. We're designed for the other. So uh, it's a little bit of... Uh, but jolting at first and then you're 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 kind of sitting with it and then i think ultimately for projectors we get absorbed in the complexity of the system i think that's what hooks us more so than um more so than us relating to it i think what what hooks projectors mainly is that it's a system and we're we're hooked into systems pretty quickly um majority of projectors that I know myself included at first is a little bit like a, okay, this is cool, but uh, I just got punched in the gut. Like I don't, you know, it's not like a, whereas for, for, you know, I, I hear a lot for, for sacral beings. It's like, Oh yeah, this is totally who I am. I totally, you know, <laughs> the projectors we don't really, we're, we're not, we're not good at uh, recognizing ourselves. So it's, it's a little mm. bit different for us. Yeah. What are a few things that, projectors could do like right away if they're living in not self because that's what I get a lot with the projectors that follow me at least they're they're living like generators they don't know what the first step is to take and they don't feel empowered with this knowledge necessarily right away mm-hmm. uh, I mean if you're a projector the first thing you need to do is cut about 50% of the people out of your life <laughs> <laughs> so easy to do because, that. <laughs> uh, yep yep being a projector is is a radical act. Being a projector is not a uh, to actually be a. I mean, you you've got there's not a there's no middle ground in being a projector. Yeah. You can't kind of be a projector. You're either a projector or you're not a projector. And to be a projector takes a lot of uh, takes a lot of commitment. I mean, design as a whole takes a lot of commitment if you're actually ever going to see any change. Period. But if you're a projector. If you're somebody that has a, a focused absorbing aura, you have to have a, you have to have prejudice when it comes to who's in your life because whoever is in your life is is conditioning you heavily, heavily. I mean, we have the only aura that absorbs other people, so um, that's the first thing. The first thing that a projector can do is look at who's around them in their life. Mm. Um, I would say probably the quickest resources on Jovian Archive. There's the Projector Signature Lecture. Mm-hmm. It's about an hour and a half. If you're a projector and you listen to that, you're either going to go one or two ways. Either you're going to become a projector, or you're going to hate it and you're going to stay not self. <laughs> but pretty much everybody uh, that listens to that usually becomes a projector. It's 
It's really good. Uh, is it just like, what was your biggest takeaway from that? Uh, I mean, it, it explains why, you know, a lot of, a lot of the whys, why you get better, you know, why, why do you get better? Why are people harmful for you? Why do you have to have the right people around you? Um, Rob explains it in, 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 in some great terms, especially with, with his humor. Um, always, always helps the way that he teaches with humor. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're, if you're a projector, you have to unlearn it. Nearly everything that you've been told by society. Nearly everything. You you can't initiate. You can't enter into anything with initiation. So if you're a man, you know, and you're a projector, you can't even approach a woman. If you're a projector, if you're not self, yeah, you can. But if you're a projector, you can't. You know, so it's uh, it's interesting. Um, everything about being a projector is very, very radical because it goes against everything that we're taught. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, I think it's, I wouldn't say that it's natural for sacral beings to initiate, you know, to initiate because it's definitely not. But there's, uh, res- responding can get confused with initiating very, very quickly. Um, an invitation, that's cut and dry. A formal invitation, there's, I mean, it's a formal invitation or it's not a formal invitation. Um, so for, for projectors, it's projectors can't even, you know, they can't even use responses as a cop-out because we're, when we're talking about actually becoming a projector and living life as a projector, you don't settle for anything less than a formal invitation. If you're a projector Mm. and you don't settle for it. So it's, uh, it's very radical. It's very different. You know, people are like, so how are you going to do this? Well, it'll come to me. Like, what do you mean it'll come to you? I'm a projector. It'll come to me. Yeah. Everything. Life comes to me. Um, it's uh, mechanisms are different for projectors, and it takes a lot of unlearning, a lot of a lot of surrender, a lot of surrender to become correct as a projector. But you're not. Uh, uh, first off, I mean, it's not like there's not not a lot of us. I mean, there's a billion of us, right? But we're still a minority. Um, you know, projectors don't necessarily have a bunch of projector friends. My best friend's a projector, but, uh, you know, it's not like, and then those of us that are out there generally very not self and bitter, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> can't see one foot in front of us, uh, when, uh, we're designed to actually see, um, being projectors, it's, it's, it's interesting and it's, it's not easy to start in design as a projector. Mm, I would say source material and then actually talking to other projectors because there's not a way, there's not a way as a projector to be seen by any other type the same way or communicate with any other type the same way. So it's it's one of those things that, um, and you know, thankfully projectors can invite each other. so. Uh, if a projector is isolated, um, there's plenty of projectors on social media. Yeah. And, uh, we're pretty much always happy to get invitations for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Doesn't mean we're going to accept them, but. Um... <laughs> Still happy to get them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So what about like if somebody is in survival mode and they're just like, I need to work this job to make a living. Is it really just a surrender and a trust? Hmm. I mean, for me, if, I mean, if you're correct, then everything is going to, it's going to naturally happen. Um, mm-hmm. If you're in survival survival mode, I mean, survival is going to be number one for, and as long as we're in a bio form, you know, survival is always going to be number one. So, um, you work the job that you have to work for however long you have to work it. But while you're doing that, you have to prepare. Um, waiting for an invitation is not a it's not a uh, a waiting process as much as it is a preparation process. But if we called it a a preparation process, if that's saying wait for the invitation, people would want to skip steps because people always want to skip steps. And they'd say, oh well, I prepared, and then they'd go initiate. So that's why we say wait for the invitation, but it's actually a, a preparation process, mm. uh, and it's a it's a long preparation process. The only way that a projector is going to get recognized. Really, really recognized. Um, I mean, I'm talking at the, the, I would say that the peak would be once a projector has mastered something. Until a projector has mastered something, they won't hit their peak recognition. Um, and so it's a process just in that too, mm-hmm. because that's what we have to offer. Our, our gifts are, uh, you know, our gifts are very intellectual. Uh, Marcus are associated with recognizing the seeing, being able to see things that people don't see, but they take time. Hmm. They take time because we have to master something to be uh, of, of value to you know the energy world. Yeah. Uh, we have to be something that you know cannot be um, programmed. Essentially, you know, we have to we have to be something that's different, something that is not a that's not easily replaceable. So the projector process is, and as it's, you know, as a whole, is a very long one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we always are going to say seven years genetic cycle. So we're always going to say for projectors. Uh, interestingly enough, my incarnation cross is uh, incarnation cross. It's tied to the gate forty-two, mm-hmm. which is the gate of increase, seven-year cycles. So my entire life is based off seven-year cycles, literally, not just the cellular process, but everything about my life. Um, so I guess I have something to say here in that <laughs> sense. Um, it could be faster. I mean, I've seen, I see things, cycles happen in my life quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's there's a, a whole process of, of mastering something before a projector can get recognized. And that's just the rules of the game. Yeah. How, how has your incarnation cross like helped you understand yourself more or what, mm. what your purpose is? Or... My, my incarnation cross is pretty bland really for a 2-4. <laughs> it's uh, right hand across the mind for the 2-4. I mean, essentially the, it, it's basically, Hey, uh, yeah. So your life is going to change uh, every seven years. Um, and they're, they're going to be big changes. This is basically the incarnation process. And um, <laughs> you're just going to have to wait and see. It's literally, I mean, I can, I can pull it up. Let's just, uh, <laughs> in my, in my uh, I 
professional textbook. That's pretty much what it says. <laughs> You're just going to have to wait and see. And then the 2-4 is going to be really mad because they just have to wait and see it seven years later. But that's all you can tell them. And that's pretty much what it is. So, I mean... <laughs> not much uh, there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, I guess it keeps things simple. Yeah. <laughs> Um, how is 2027 going to be more supportive for projectors or after 2027? Obviously it's not going to be like a boom. But. Mm. Well, the structures are going to break down and the background frequency is going to change. So sacral beings won't have the structures that they have to respond to now. Everything that's been built up until now has a bunch of response mechanisms built into it. Mm. All institutions have response mechanisms built into them. So it's been very easy for the cross planning to build what it's built and everything is, is based off response. As things break down, uh, you know, as the, the control breaks down, there's going to be less to respond to. Um, and Ultimately, when there's less control that's happening by the program, the sacral beings are being less controlled. They're going to need more guidance because there's going to be less programming by society. Mm. And then projectors are, are inevitably needed. When you say structures breaking down, I know what you mean, but can you explain what, what you mean by that? <laughs> no. So... Um, Everything, everything that we know over the past 400 years has been built on the background frequency of the channel of community. So everything's about the bargain. Um, I mean, everything we know about life is, is about the bargain. Uh, I mean, look at the, I mean, not uh, in a sense of economics, because there's always going to be bargain. There's always going to be trade. That's human nature. We evolved with that. Um, but you can see how much the bargain has, has built uh, the nation state. There was not nation states um, over 400 years ago. There was no such thing as a nation state. All these countries that we think are like really old, they're really not. They're not even 300 years old, most of them. Wow. Um, everything was very regional, uh, very regional. And uh, you know, things were more, more I think, more tribal. Um, there wasn't large networks of, of institutions that were controlling things, right? You didn't have a massive, you didn't have, you know, every, every country didn't have a Senate. Every country didn't have a education system. Every country didn't have, you know, all of these massive structures that are, that are supporting people. Um, it's not to say that, that we want to still have structures that support people because we will but things are breaking down. I mean, you can turn on the news today. There's <laughs> kind of chaos right now. There's so, there's so many guerrilla fights that are going on right now. It's pretty wild yeah. because people are naturally, the background frequency is changing. Nobody's consciously aware of this except for people that are in design. Mm -hmm. But people are starting to trust institutions less. They're starting to care more about their their own authority and that's what human design is ultimately about so as people start to trust in their own authority whether they know it or not whether they're conscious of it or not um 
there's going to be less reliance on institutions and, and eventually the institutions themselves when the background frequency changes they're not going to have much reason to stay together either because the people that run those institutions are going to be, be affected by the background frequency so uh, a lot of things are going to change in that sense you now we've got <clears throat> A few different versions of it. We've got, you know, the, the version that we're going to experience, and then there's the 100 years from now, 200 years from now, three, four. Those are all very, very drastically different from what we'll experience. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to experience some changes uh, that will be felt by people in human design and people outside of human design. But people that aren't tuned into their strategy and authority are going to have quite a time when all of a sudden this frequency of, of community disappears mm. and you know you either have your inner authority or you don't have your inner authority because that's what it's going to be frequency is going to change you know there's not going to be this 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 sense of community that we all naturally have we all naturally have oh, okay this is you know the people you go to church with or people you go to school with or your neighbors or your neighborhood that's going to be gone mm. that 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 feeling that that unconscious that subconscious feeling of community that everybody has right now that's about to disappear it's gonna be gone um, it's, it's gonna be interesting to watch how people react this doesn't mean that everybody's gonna be hmm, you know necessarily it's not like people are gonna be <clears throat> i don't know in lone survivor mode or all walking dead crazy or anything like that because that's against human nature humans need each other we're connected beings yeah. never be like that but we will be much more concerned with ourselves as individuals than um, we will be with you know the mm, illusions that we have of, of uh, nationalism or things that uh, humans think are holding them together. So we're we're moving from a fifth line phase into a sixth line phase. So we're about to get past the hexagram. So things are going to be very different. I mean, we haven't seen this hasn't been seen going into a six line phase. It's hundreds. It's been hundreds of years since we've been in a six line phase. So um, it's going to be interesting. Six lines will definitely feel it very heavily. Every any any line that anybody has in their chart that has a six in it is going to be amplified mm -hmm. um, during this time. Uh, it's just going to be different. There's there's a bunch of different lenses that it can be viewed from. So I guess it just depends on which one you want me to show you. Yeah. Because I've got everything from good to really, really grim. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like to hear all of it, but I don't know about other people. <laughs> I'm like curiosity. The world's not ending. The world's, <laughs> right. the world's not ending. We still have about 1300 years till that happens, but <laughs> um, we're, we're, we're good. There's just going to be, it's just going to be a, a massive change. Just like we saw a massive change on, over the last you know, hundred years. There was a massive change in society. Um, we'll see another massive change in society. Yeah. Do you think, um, do you think we're going to notice when raves come 
onto the planet? Like, what do you think is going to happen with that situation? Um, raises kind of a conundrum um, for a few different reasons. Well, quite a few reasons. I can get into it. I'll get into it as much as I can. Uh, they're, they're, these children are probably going to be in um, intensive care units for probably about a year and a half um, because they're going to have a much longer lifespan. Uh, we have full uranium bodies, so the, the lifespan is going to be longer than ours. So our Saturn return happens at like 30, right? They're just going to have to run a more like 40. Mm. So they're, you know, they're, they're going to have a longer lifespan. I mean, children in general are going to earn have a longer lifespan uh, going forward. But the other thing is that fertility rates are going to drop because the only thing that's, that's supporting the fertility rates that we have right now is the cross of planning. There's never been as many humans on the world in the history of the world as there has been during the cross of planning. That's about to go away. So we're about to see fertility issues. And then we'll see these children that are not really going to have good auditory. Uh, you know, they won't be able to hear very well, uh, see very well. Uh, you know, anything that's first to third tone is going to be uh, very minute because these are going to be full right beings, full right all the way. Uh, so they're they're probably going to be i mean they'll they'll need to be in intensive care units for a while uh, and they probably will be kept in those intensive care units because there's probably not going to be very many babies and so humans as a whole our species are probably going to want to keep these babies alive i hope i mean i hope you never know yeah. but um you know from that point it's the, they're going to be seen as very uh burdensome you know by society by society's standards of of what of what uh you know we're homo sapien in transit so what our what our species sees is um you know a, a good healthy baby you know a, a strong a strong human that's not what they're, they're gonna be and so it's it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out because as soon as these kids are born they're going to be looking for each other uh with the uh, fifth tone feeling cognition with war they'll be looking for each other this is the moment that they're born uh, these beings they have no they're they're all the way right i mean you and me we're both right mm -hmm. uh, but we have individuality we're still individuals right we still have very right traits we still have the right traits of communion we still have the right traits of not really caring much for survival and these children will not care for survival at all and they will have no individuality at all so until they come together until they're at least connected to one other they're going to kind of just lay there they're really not going to have much of a you know they're not going to display much mm -hmm. so they'll most likely be in intensive care units and then they'll probably be warehoused you know or put it you know institutionalized somehow somewhere um, and, you know, at that point, that's probably when they'll come together is when they are in institutions. And that's probably when two of them will come in contact and uh, then three of them will come in contact. And once they do, then they'll have their consciousness. They don't uh, 
really have uh, consciousness in the way that we understand it until there's more than one of them together. And then once there is three of them together, they have consciousness in a way that we can't even begin to comprehend. Uh, they're inseparable at that point. They actually lock together. They actually learn the, the, the penta, the transoric form that they create actually locks in like a lock and a key. They're inseparable from that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, collective consciousness. So you have three to five beings that their consciousness is melted there and inseparable. That can't be removed. You cannot remove one um, from the other. And it has, I mean, at that point, that, that consciousness that is collective has its own uh, sense of identity, but it's not the same because it's not individual. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of different ways that this can go. If raves naturally come together and they're left alone, we'll be fine. There won't be, you know, any issues. If raves are tampered with, uh, it's going to take more than humans have to do anything uh, to oppose these beings once they're together. So at that point, we're going to, but they're going to be very different. I mean, they're not mobile. They can't move around. They're not physically strong. They're orically strong. They sense things through frequency. I mean, uh, and just their motives are different in the first place because they don't have individual motives. So people would be like, well, could a rave like, you know, absorb your mind. Yeah, rave could like absorb all the data in your mind, but it wouldn't even do anything with it. It would just absorb it and it would just keep it has no agenda. Mm-hmm. They have no agenda. Um, so we have, you know, and, and we don't know what the capabilities are. I mean, we're talking about electromagnetic frequencies. We're talking about everything that you and I know as being right, but on a very profound level. Uh, so there's, there's scenarios that are that are great. There's scenarios that are grim. Um, it's going to depend on how humans react to it. Uh, but generally speaking, humans don't like things that are more powerful than them. Mm-hmm. And we tend to eliminate things that are more powerful than us. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot that goes into that question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm so fascinated with, and I'm so curious, especially with everything going on in our world right now. And I'm watching it all happen. And I'm like, all right, here we go. It just feels like a snowball that's rolling down a mountain mm-hmm. right now. And it's just getting bigger and bigger. And yeah. people are trying to stop it from rolling and you can't. <laughs> no, it's the program. It's, there's <laughs> trillions of neutrinos hitting every single being on this planet right now trillions per second the program is i mean this is all this is all the program this is all the the neutrino stream yeah there's nothing that can be done to escape it you have strategy and authority that's it that's that's what you have you have strategy and authority or you have homogenization the homogenization is about to break down Mm -hmm. so at that point all you have is strategy and authority our species will cling to homogenization for as long as it can. We're, you know, 
we'll, we'll cling to it for as long as, as we can. And there's nothing wrong with that. We'll cling to, to each other. We're connected beings. But yeah, this is just the program. And it's just something to watch when you're in human design. You get to just watch these things. There's nothing to fix. You know, there's nothing to nothing to correct. This is this is all a, a natural chain of events that's happening. It's not to say that there aren't horrible things that are happening. Because there are. Yeah. So there there isn't horrible things because there is. It's not not to say that uh, nobody should do anything about something because we all have strategy and authority. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is to say that it's not going to get prettier per se. You know, yeah. and a lot of what's breaking down was never good in the first place. I mean, this is all cross the planning stuff. It's not like what's breaking down is like <laughs> the, the epitome of morality or anything. No, so. it's all just becoming so obvious. Like we can all see what holes there are in the system now. And it's, it's, I think there's a lot of people, like you said, clinging to it and not wanting it to break down, or it's almost like cognitive dissonance, mm-hmm. like not wanting to see the truth of the matter that there was so much mm-hmm. wrong with it um, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. But yeah, to me, it's just really interesting to watch it all happen and <laughs> just let the snowball go. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty wild. I mean, there's things, there's always things to be done for you know humanity like you know as a species but as far as institutions go and things that the cross of planning built yeah there's no there's there's no saving them i don't know why anybody would want to save them anyways uh, unless i know they're part of the and plus they're part of the, the you know the cabals that control them i don't see why anybody would want to save them anyways but yep it's so bizarre <laughs> we share that perspective um can you explain what the difference is between left oriented beings and right oriented beings um yeah so everybody uh, nobody that's alive today is a, is a strategic seven-centered being so we don't have the true strategic being um anymore that's extinct now that we're homo sapien and transitus we're actually a we're actually in, uh, it's kind of funny because our, our species is actually, um, you know, an intermediary to the rave. We're in transit to the rave. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, all, you know, all humans do have some sense of, of receptivity in that sense, but there's a large difference between uh, those that have strategic minds and those that have receptive minds. Uh, the strategic, which is half the population, strategic is uh, it's very focused, has a deep focus, operates very, very differently. Uh, strategic mind, you know, we're, we're talking about the strategic being, you know, strategic, uh, just, we'll just keep it a strategic mind. I'm not going to, I'm not going to dive into variable. <laughs> uh, generally speaking, we're going to be rooted in the spleen heavily you know we're going to be rooted in the first and second tone and then also rooted in the ajna outer vision these are all survival cognition this is all survival cognition and it's all it all has a very deep penetrative focus so these beings that are strategic they're the way that their their minds work is they're, they're naturally looking to uh, gain 
They're naturally looking for the advantage in any given situation. This is neither good nor bad. This is what they're designed to do. This is what they do. Uh, they have a deep focus. Mm, the way that they see things is narrow. This is not a bad thing. Again, this is just different. Rooted in survival. Receptive beings are not rooted in survival at all. Uh, receptive beings have no uh, no real connection to the, the, the survival mechanisms uh, that strategic beings do. Mm, I mean, now granted we're dealing with eight sides on you know each each side of the variable table so when i'm speaking it's very very generalized not every receptive being but with the way that the evolution is moving forward is the the, the right is going towards the rave so the closer that you you know the more right you get the less strategic you get the more receptive you get the more receptive you get the less that there's much of a care about survival uh, uh, less we care about uh, uh, strategy and the capability for strategy starts to go away. What starts to emerge is awareness. Uh, the more bright you get, the more aware uh, you know the, the grid becomes. This isn't to say that every being doesn't have awareness or doesn't have the capability of awareness, but somebody who is in our quadrant, for instance, uh, we see more than other people see. We, we feel more than other people feel. We take in more than the obvious frequency because we're not rooted in the first, second, and third tone. We're rooted in the fourth, fifth, and sixth tone. So we're rooted in an extrasensory cognition, essentially. Uh, so very, very different. Now, the right, even the very, you know, the, the the right, 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 you and me, people in our quadrant, we're still humans, you know, we're not, uh, we're not raves, no, it's not to say that raves, raves are, 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 are not human in the way that we understand humans, mm -hmm. very, very different, right, um, so we're, we're in between, the, the more right you get, the more, more in between you get, and the less strategic you get, um, this evolutionary movement is not, uh, it's not one of, of, of anything being better because both are needed, um, to survive. Um, the left literally cannot survive without the right and the right can't survive without the left. So the difference is, is, you know, one's picking up slack for the other, essentially mm -hmm. one's picking up the weaknesses for the other one, you know, one is not able to receive as much information, take in as much information, but it can deeply focus on being strategic. And that's, you know, they're both of benefit to, to each other. Uh, both just very different in that sense. Uh, it's really, really difficult for strategic people to understand receptivity. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas it's, it's it's fairly easy for receptive people to understand being strategic because well we're designed to under, understand it we're designed to understand that we're not that um, so that we can be something else um, and not that that necessarily happens of course but 
very different. I wish that I, hmm, wish that I had more, I would say, layman's terms of, of explaining it. Yeah. All of my language is very mechanical. And so, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to put an asterisk on this episode of like, <laughs> this is probably going to be more advanced information, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> so kind of. I'm not a, hopefully, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe, I don't know, maybe 10, 10 more years into my process, I'll, I'll be uh, able to explain things with less mechanical language. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you explain cognition a little bit and like why that's important to understand at some point in our journeys? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So cognition, you've got, it's basically rooted in three places. One, the first one's going to be the spleen. You've got um, the first and the second tones. Uh, now the first tone you've got is smell. Second tone you've got taste. Um, smell smell people that's that's always going to be associated with with the one you know which is the investigator the one is uh is also tied to you know motivation wise the one is is tied to fear right so so anytime there's a one it's going to be very security based um the view of of the one is survival so anytime that there's something that's rude in a one it's always going to be very survival, very, very security based. So, uh, we've got second tone, that's going to be taste. Uh, that's going to be very uncertainty based. Taste is, uh, you know, second tone people. Anytime there's a two, it's always going to be associated generally with uh, something that's unknown. For instance, uh, a second line, right? Mm -hmm like us, we're two fours, okay, so the two. Uh, it's unknown when the call is going to happen, but we have a sense for it, right? Same thing with the with, with taste. There's gonna be a, a sense for uncertainty. Um, people with taste cognition, uh, they have a, a sense for when things are going to happen or if things are going to happen. They've got a lot of information that's coming into their mouth important thing to note here is that uh, people with taste cognition are not designed to breathe through their nose Whoa. Um, because they're taking in all of their taking in I mean it's not they should breathe through one or the other but for instance if somebody was taste cognition and they were told not to breathe through their mouth at all that would be impairing their cognitive ability because that's where they're taking information when they breathe yeah. in through their nose they're still going to be taking in a lot of data um still going to be going into their taste but ideally you know these people breathe in their mouth quite a bit because they're getting a lot of, of data um, ajna you go up to the ajna and then you got another binary there's always binaries everything in existence is a binary so you go up to the Ajna, you've got external vision. Um, this sense is, is based on action. So it's, it's, you know, it's external vision. It's seeing what's going on in the Maya, seeing what's going on in the world, um, being able to take advantage of, of what is going on, taking advantage of what you see. Um, external vision people are, you know, they're, these are the people that are aesthetics are extremely important to them colors are extremely important to them um, it's, it's part of their their cognitive ability uh, their senses is, is, is action 
looking to you know, take action in something. Um, external vision is, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, uh, it's the binary of, of my cognition. So uh, I'm inner vision. So I'm, uh, I've got a mutated Ajna. Ajna has two functions. Uh, it takes care of acoustics and it also takes care of vision. So the, the Ajna mutation for me, it might have a different, different neocortex. So I have a heightened auditory capability and then I don't take in the same visual frequencies. Um, uh, people with inner vision, it's very common for us to have color blindness or, or have some sort of uh, eyesight issues. Um, I, I'm colorblind. Uh, I have excellent eyesight as far as um, perception goes, but I see things differently, obviously, colorblind. Um, this is the mutated Ajna. This is uh, people with inner vision were the people that sense things auditorially, um, were the people that see things that uh, might not make sense to other people. Not in the sense that we see things that are weird, for instance, or, or anything like that. Or, uh, but somebody with inner vision can look at somebody and close their eyes quickly and we can tell what their demeanor is, what their mood is, what their intentions are. We can tell a lot of information just by looking at somebody and closing our eyes. Uh, and this information that we're taking in is not visual information, not in the sense that somebody who doesn't have inner vision would understand. Um, we go over into solar plexus binary. We get to your cognition, get to feeling. This is a an auric ability um, to not only sense and read aura, uh, but also to uh, alter uh, the state of aura or to uh, have impact on the state of aura to make somebody feel better, uh, to help somebody feel better. Uh, also, there's the binary of it to uh, absorb what is uh, unpreferable or undesired. Uh, once we get into the the right, <clears throat> once we get into right cognition, we, we get into extrasensory abilities. You know, uh, I can look at somebody and I can close my eyes really quick and I can tell things about them. You can walk into somebody's field and you can tell things about them mm -hmm. without any effort or any, or any thinking. That's just the way that our cognition works. It's just the way that it is. Uh, yeah. Touch people. Touch people are. Uh, touch people, I mean, they're taking in from data from everything that they touch. Just like you're taking in data from everything that's within your auric field, and I'm taking in data from anything that I'm, I'm seeing visually and hearing acoustically. Uh, touch people, it's when they touch them, something tactile. Um, cognition is, is, is what it's, it's what you can rely on. Um, it's what you can rely on when it comes to you know, it's a, it's definitely a large aid for decision-making process. 
Um, it's, it's how we sense changes in the why. It's how we sense changes around us. Um, is going to be rooted in, in our cognition. It's a, you know, it's another way of, of navigating, enhance our, our abilities to, to navigate. Um, and that cognition is going to be as, as profound as somebody's discipline and strategy and authority is. It, it, it's going it, it will, to, it will degrade as somebody is incorrect. It will increase as somebody is correct. Um, it can only be there as, as correct as somebody is. People say, oh, I have inner vision. It's not like that for me. Well, well how correct are you? Yeah. Because I, I have a, have a client that's a mental projector that people, <laughs> people call her psychic. She has inner vision. Mm-hmm. She's correct. That's what it is. Yeah. And, she, and she knows it. We both know it. To somebody who doesn't know human design, she's a psychic. Yeah. Somebody that doesn't know that, what that cognitive ability is, you know. Uh, cognition's important for, for many reasons. I mean, it helps you with survival, helps you navigate, uh, helps you with decision-making. Uh, it's a good aid to the authority. Definitely a good aid. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it seems like it would be helpful for types like mental projectors and um, reflectors that have that authority that really does take time seems like it might be beneficial for them to know about their cognition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I mean, it helps us navigate. It's really a way of, of navigating um, inner vision. I mean, for me, it's a, we go into deeper, deeper parts of profile and deeper parts of, of type, um, deeper differentiation. Um, for me, I, auditory is how I, I sense changes in uh, the Maya. I, I auditorily sense changes in, in frequency that aren't heard frequency. It's not something that other people can hear. It's things that I can hear, not that other people can hear. It's just that I can sense audibly that other people can't. Um, just because of my specific differentiation. I'm the only one because there's other people who are like me. Yeah. Uh, but there's, it definitely does get pretty, it gets pretty specific uh, when you tie in all the views, when you tie in type, you tie in profile, tie in authority, things start to get very, very specific. Uh, but then there's a unique experience tied onto it. Uh, people that have long, I mean, you know, environmental authority and lunar authority, those are entire processes that, that do take time. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are, I mean, it's interesting because those processes take time and those are also, I mean, in an ideal world, reflectors are the justices. Those are, that's the Supreme Court in an ideal world would be all reflectors. In an ideal world, uh, mental projectors would be the the advisors of projectors because um, they're designed for outer authority. They're the only beings that are designed to give outer authority specifically. Mm. Um, so it's uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that their authorities take longer. Yeah, that makes sense. What um, what do you mean by outer authority? 
versus uh, outer authority. authority. <laughs> uh, you know, outer authority is when somebody comes to me in the book session with me, I'm providing outer authority. Mm-hmm. I'm providing what I see. Um, I'm, I'm not providing um, authority in the sense of this is what you should do, providing outer authority in the sense of this is what I see. And as a projector, it gets pretty specific. Uh, I have a need motivation, so it's, it's going to be what's necessary. I provide you with what's necessary for you. What I see is as necessary for you to move forward, as necessary for you to be correct and in alignment. And I do it from a probability view. So what is probable? How can I give the most probable outcome to this person of what they need to do, right? What's necessary in order for them to see changes? That's outer authority. So it's going to be different for you know, everybody in, in that sense. It's unique in that sense. Another projector is going to be, it's, it's going to be different. Uh, I'll use my partner, we'll use Sam for, for instance. Sam is innocence motivation. So she provides a, an unbiased and personal view. Her view is personal. So it's unbiased and it's personal. She can, she can provide that. I can't provide a personal view. Mm. That's not the way, that's not what I'm designed to do. I'm a projector. Projectors are, were designed for a very specific purpose and how we're designed is, is what we provide. I can't provide anybody with possibilities. I can only provide them with probabilities, which isn't a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to be able to sense what would probably happen in the future, considering, you know, so, <laughs> I'm not complaining about it. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not complaining having, having a gift for sensing the future. I'm not complaining about that at all. But, uh, but that's all I can provide. I can't, I can't provide anything else. Only probability and what's necessary. And that's outer authority. Um, and we see, you know, you see this in, in people um, when they're correct. It shows through when they're correct. And you see the exact opposite. You see their transference when they're not correct. Um, so outer authority is important in, in that sense. Yeah. And it's also in the sense that if somebody's in human design and they're, they want to do human design as uh a career, well, you have to have, be correct to give out our authority. Otherwise, everything you're giving is skewed to everything. But if your perspective is off, then you can't guide, you can't coach, you can't, you can't do anything with human design mm-hmm. if you're seeing things incorrectly. So it's important for everybody. For projectors, it's critical because we don't have energy to work. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, um, yeah. That, that, that's outer authority. That's uh, what we provide to, to the other from our, our unique perspective, our wisdom. Um, that would, that's outer authority. Whereas inner authority is is, is what you're you're given by your body, by the vehicle, of mm. the decision that you make. Outer authority is there to provide you with a, a picture, a picture that you're not seeing. It's not there to provide you with a decision. Would you say that people are probably relying on the wrong outer authority too much for the most part? I would say that most people, yeah, rely on, yeah, <laughs> I would say that most people do. I mean, I, I, 
you know, when it comes to, I mean, people have their parents as their outer authority, you know, people have governments as their outer authority. You know, we're not designed to do that. We have inner authorities, we're nine centered beings. We're not, not designed to have decisions made for us. Um, this is not to say that you can't take somebody's advice. This is not to say that you can't take somebody's perspective, you know, but if somebody follows a strategy and authority and they sign up for one of my classes or they book a session with me, then it's correct. I know it's correct for whatever reason they're with me for a reason. Yeah. I don't know why, but for whatever reason, their line of geometry is leading them to me, mm -hmm. right? It's your strategy and authority. If it's something where they're, they're I mean, people aren't going to come to me without strategy and authority. It's just not going to happen. It doesn't work <laughs> like that, you know? But they might go, they might uh, go to somebody that specializes in something different, um, might make a mental decision um, to get something fixed that doesn't need to be fixed, right? And they go and they get that outer authority from somebody who doesn't know that they just aren't operating correctly. And somebody who doesn't know that they just need to stop plugging into the wrong people mm -hmm. or that, that, you know, it's, whereas I can see these things. It's, it's, I can see these things. I can sense these things. I can see and I can sense if somebody's getting caught up in conditioning of a, of a group of people, if they're getting caught up in pentaconditioning, if they're, getting caught up in wall conditioning or if you know they're sleeping in the same bed as their partner and they're a projector then they're out of their mind um it's you know i can i can see these things and these things are not mm, yeah i'm a projector so it's just my design nothing it's it's not that uh i don't have gifts but it's also it's not like it's anything special i'm just a projector mm -hmm. that's what i do you know Mm, and a lot of the outer authority that we have in the world today is very seven centered. So there, we have another problem there. Uh, it's all based on the mind. Well, if you really motivate yourself, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it's a, uh, well, you know, if you, if you change your mindset, what do you, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's the other way around. You don't have, you don't think, <laughs> and then your life will fall into place. Um, yeah, a lot of the outer authority that we have is 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 seven centered. That's the that's the large problem, I guess I could sum it up to. It's not that people have bad intentions or that they're not good at what they do. Yeah, it's just that a lot of what we have in the world is still based off a, a relic that's extinct. And yeah, haven't caught it. And that's why then people get on this hamster wheel of trying to fix themselves when it's something that is it literally cannot be fixed <laughs> because it was never broken in the first place. Not, yeah, exactly. It's not, yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing to, there's nothing to fix. Exactly. It, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's really interesting to see the, the, the intersection with human design because we're kind of, we're lumped in like like the wellness industry, and like I guess we fit in there. I guess, but like, I guess, yeah. we're, we're we're so it's it's so it's so very it's so very different, you know. It's like, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, we're 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 so it's 
it's so very different because it's something that you know and ideally i don't see a client more than a few times mm -hmm. ideally because ideally i have an impact that they get on track to being in alignment and healing their vehicle within a few times you know yeah there's not a potency to your sessions um that it's like it just packs a punch <laughs> you're like okay i have a lot to <laughs> to work with now <laughs> it's like i need to uh thanks, center Teresa. myself <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thanks, thanks. Uh, it's I good mean, to it hear. does. It's like it's like okay, I've all this stuff to think about and sit with now, and not think about, do something with. But also, it, it there's a frequency shift, and as a feeling cognition person, that's what I felt. I was like, like oh, I felt like I was just you. walking around the rest of the day, just like what. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, very impactful. It's like it, it very empowering too. Which, as somebody with individual circuitry, I mean, that's. That's what people can expect from working with you is you're going to empower the fuck out of people. Yep. That's my design. <laughs> yeah. That's what well, I do. Just doing that thing. Um, we had an interesting question about second lines, which I'm curious about since I'm a second line. How do you know mm -hmm. if you're a second line that's missed your call? Ross said it can be missed. Well, that's the thing. You're not going to know if you missed it. Uh -huh. But here's the good thing. If you're second line and you're correct, the calls never stop. Raw also said that. Yeah. My phone is blowing up all the time. Yeah, I same. <laughs> One way or another, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't mean that it's. Um, it doesn't mean people booking. But it doesn't mean, you know. But it's always going, and um, I don't want to be bothered. Yes. Anybody that has a sec, I mean, there's a big difference between second line personality and second line body. That's the other thing we need to differentiate. People that are two fours and two fives, we're 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 second lines. That's our, you know, our, our, our personality is second line, not our body. So we have to hear the call. It's, it's very different. Um, we don't want to be bothered. <laughs> you know, we, we literally we do not want to be bothered. We we don't. But we don't want to be bothered by anything that's not the call. But that's you know it's it's part of the built-in this 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 part of the built-in mechanism of, of our, our of our personality crystal is that we don't and for us we don't have time for anything that's not the call. We don't have time for anything that's not going to be you know, the profound thing that changes. Um, but in order to have that thing happen, to have those things, you know, those, those calls happen, we have to be correct. Or they literally cannot happen because if you're not in alignment and you're, you're, if you're a two four or a two, or a two five, you have a, you have a, a barrier around your personality, Chris. So you, the, only the right beings can get beyond that to even reach you in the first place. So if you're not operating correctly, you're not at the correct frequency. If you're not the correct frequency, that other being cannot be at the correct frequency to give you the call. Mm. So it's, uh, it's it's not a matter of if you miss the call. Um, it's, it's, it's so much as it is, so do you want to keep missing them? Mm. 
What did the call feel like for you? Oh, man. I've had multiple calls in my life. I've had, I've had quite a few. Um, all for our... Uh, um, the two four is the it's the, it's the it's the classic projector profile. Out of all the profiles, it's like the projector profile because nobody can get in. We have to wait for an invitation, you know. <laughs> and so uh, Raw often makes fun of it because he because you know he's, he's, so the, the, the two four projector is a zealot about, about anything that uh, they're called to do. Here, here I am, the human design zealot. Um, that's just, <laughs> as soon as, I guess I don't want to be bothered, but the second that, uh, that there's something that, uh, where I'm needed, I'm it's, yeah, full speed ahead mm-hmm. and here I am. I mean, it's, it's, it's the same feeling every time though. I mean, it was the same thing when I got invited to go on combat operations in Iraq and Syria. It was, it's the same, the same feeling. Um, but it's very much a everything that I concentrate on is, you know, directed towards whatever that call is. You know, of course, outside of the obvious, you know, mundane things. But human design is very much my life. Um, it's it's energizing as a, as a T four. The call is energizing as a T four. The projector is very energizing. <laughs> yeah, but um, I'd say the call is is, is energizing. It, it change. I mean, it changes a lot for the two four because you go from not wanting to be bothered to knowing that you're necessary for something. Yeah. Specifically, so you, the second line. I mean, the the fourth line body, right? The fourth line body is always doing its work. That's why we're the best networkers because we don't even know we're networking. Mm-hmm. It's unconscious. The body's always networking, always, 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 always networking, you know. And then the personality gets on board, and, and it's quite something. Yeah. It's the personality gets on board with the vehicle. I've definitely experienced that. For me, the call is like, it, it becomes an obsession for me. It's like all I can think about. It's is, intense. Yeah. It's like what two I'm here for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Two fours are, we, we, once we get called, then yeah, well, we're, we're zealots. So, it's called the missionary profile. So, <laughs> so the missionary. Yeah, yeah, he makes fun of it too because he's like, if I if I was a two four, oof. Yeah. Oh God, <laughs> I, a, I know. Instead of a, yeah, he's like, if I was a two four instead of a, if I was a, if I was a missionary instead of a heretic, we'd be in trouble. Oh <laughs> <my> God. <laughs> I mean, that's what I feel like sometimes. I'm like fucking preaching to the, like everybody <laughs> just like especially with desire motivation i can't shut the fuck up about yeah. what i'm called yeah. to talk about <laughs> yeah define yeah define throughout desire motivation you know, it's, <laughs> that that's that's our you know that's our that's our role i just carry well, a soapbox around our, with me <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the role of, of the two four we're, we're here to do that yeah every, every profile has its own um Every profile has its own purpose and, and consciousness, and ours is to be the the profile that is very, very, very insistent on whatever it is we're called to do. Yeah, um, I can't imagine being a two four with innocence motivation though. Wow. Oh man, that would be a dichotomy. That, 
the was... thing about human like the, the thing about design that's kind of hard for me to teach sometimes is the dichotomies where people are just like but how does that go together and i'm like i don't know man that's part of your journey it's just like learn how to deal with it because i can't like you can't not yeah. have that happen it's just it's kind of like a yeah, manifester there's... with innocence motivation which i've had a few clients with that and i'm like Ooh. i have a clients with yeah manifest with innocence motivation yeah of clients that ego manifest with innocence motivation. Oh my god! <laughs> um, I mean, but it's I mean it's unique. They have to have, figure out their own. You know, all we have is like all we have is our theory because it's not our definition. You know, right? That you know, innocence for one person isn't the same as innocence for the next. Uh, so that's that's the thing that's interesting about design is we have like we do have these very we have definitions, you know, they're defined as this, but then there's this whole pool of, of uniqueness that, that happens within that definition. Yeah, that's, that's what's so fun about it. I think that's why design hooks me so much is because, I mean, I have the channel of curiosity, so I'm always seeking. And it's that kind of thing that I can just get lost in the depth because I feel like I'll never actually know all of it it's impossible mm-hmm. so i'm like cool mm-hmm. i've got my thing that i can learn for the it rest really of my is. life <laughs> it really is it really yeah i know it really is um yeah there's not a it's 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 hilarious too when i look at it because like you know my like my mentors my teachers they're all like 20 years in Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? They've got like, they've studied everything and they're still studying, you know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah. I'm one of these people. Like, it's just like, it's just funny because it's like, you know, I'm like, like a glimpse into my future. Like, I'll be talking, yeah. I'll be talking to Sam. I'm like, I think I want to do, uh, I think, uh, I think I want to do this next year. She's like, I think you're just going to take all of it. And I was like, uh. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think I'm, I'm going to do rave sociology next year. Like, I think you're just going to do all of it. I was like, oh, yeah. Probably. And part of it's just because I'm a fourth line and and I I just, I'm a projector. So I'm just, projectors are worth If projectors could be like lifetime dropout students, they would. That's like how we are. We're we're, we're weird. We just want to like learn. That's all we want to do. We don't want to work. Yeah. Um, But design is deep like that. You can learn. I mean, because you're even after you learn it, then you have to go through the cellular process of integrating it. And then after the cellular process of integrating, you go through the cellular process of experiencing it. So it's like this. <laughs> just it keeps just, going. But we have uranium bodies. We're here for a good 85 years. We're all right. <laughs> We've got time. <laughs> plenty oh, of time. Man. So good. Um, okay, this is kind of a weird one, but this is fun. Why do people have experiences with ghosts and aliens? And what's the design perspective around like supernatural occurrences? Mm, this one, well, there's <laughs> this personality crystals. <laughs> <laughs> there's, 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 there's personality crystals that are in the Earth's atmosphere. And there's design crystals that are in the... Oh, man, this is going to be a whole rabble. I can start <laughs> telling people how they're not connected to their bodies when they're sleeping. Their mind's not connected to it. I love this all shit. All sorts of stuff. And there's <laughs> personality crystal portals and all sorts of wild stuff. But uh, a lot of the time, it's just a rogue personality crystal bundle. I mean, 
Yeah, it's like the wild, wild <laughs> there's west. Some personal, there's literally like a personality crystal, which I guess, uh, I mean, we all have our own beliefs, but, uh, you know, personality crystal is what some people would call is a, a, a spirit, right? Waiting to be incarnated. Mm-hmm. I don't consider personality crystal a spirit. That's my own personal belief. But in terms that people could can understand, you've got personality crystals that are all in the atmosphere, right? This is what we incarnate into the vehicle with. Mm-hmm. Those personality crystals, they're kind of just hanging out. <laughs> they're just waiting to be... Uh... Been hanging out for 13 billion years. I mean, I, it's, you know, it's, there's, there's, a, no, there's, a, there's a really good lecture um, Jovian Archive about, about, about this, this subject specifically. Um, there's many things that are unexplained. There's things from a cosmology standpoint. We use the term forces mm-hmm. um, to explain you know, certain forces that are out there that are not the personality crystal bundles, you know, yeah. or the design crystal bundles. Um, there are forces. How humanity interprets those forces is one thing, mm. as opposed to what those forces actually are. And from a design standpoint, I mean, from a design standpoint, the universe is essentially a living organism that has yet to be born. So from a design standpoint, the Big Bang was initiated by something else from a design standpoint, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's the inter- interesting thing about design is that there's so much, it's so, <laughs> there's so much this and that to it. Yeah, that it, uh, it can fit into pretty much every belief system, one way or another. Um, it can, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, disprove or deny my personal belief system. Um, it, it, it also doesn't uh, disprove you know things that people see. Um, I mean, if you're right. <laughs> If you're right, you probably shouldn't tell people half the things that you see. There's a lot of things that you see if you're right that you, you don't tell anybody about. If you're three parts right, four parts right, we see all sorts of things. <laughs> but it's not necessarily what the some boogeyman institution made it out to be, right? Right. Mm. Oh, so interesting. There's a lot of things that we that are supernatural that we call supernatural. Are, are things that have been weaponized by institutions, you know, for fear. So what are they really? Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, some things we'll just never know. <laughs> we'll really, <laughs> never really know. That's my open head just accepting it, being like, I'm never really going to know, and that's okay. <laughs> but probably rogue, 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 rogue personality crystal bundle. That's just, the best you know, bet. Personality crystals. Yeah, they, they haven't been incarnated yet, and they're, you know. They're just fucking with people. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah, probably. I would say, from a design standpoint, most likely. Oh my gosh, so interesting. Um, All right, got one more question. Any tips on raising right-oriented little people, and how do you best nurture their rightness? Hmm. Oh. Well, first off, the kid needs to know that they're not—they're not like other kids. 
That's the first thing you can do. First thing is that they need to be dehomogenized and kept from being homogenized. Mm -hmm. The most important steps. If the kid knows from a young age that they are right and that they're not like other people, you know, that they're not supposed to focus in school, that they're not supposed to study, that those aren't the things that they do, it saves them a lot of pain. best way to nurture a right kid is the kid has to know design in one way or another. I mean, the more right that they get, if they're all right, then you either immerse them in human design or you risk their survival. One or the other, there's no, if they're all right, there's no options, really. Mm. Um, There's very little option anyways in life, at least when you're correct. Yeah. Um, everything just kind of happens. Uh, and there's plenty of resources on Jovian Archive. It depends the variables. It's going to depend the amount of the rightness that they have, but it's going to be important that they know what they are, which if they don't know what they are and you don't know what they are, you can book a session with me. I can help with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's very important that they know what they are. They need to know their type. They need to know they're not going to understand how their how their how their variable works, and they don't need to understand that. But they do need to understand that they're receptive and that they're not strategic. They're here to receive things. They're not not here to take strategic advantage of things. Uh, you know, it's the differentiation that really liberates us in the end. Because when we realize that we're all just different, then there's no more. There's no need for comparison. The reason why people don't live lives to themselves is because they compare themselves to other people. Mm-hmm. How can you? How can they? How can a kid navigate life correctly if if they're comparing themselves to somebody that they're nothing like? Yeah, they can't. You know, that's where their emotional problems come in. So I would say the best way to empower a, a, a right-oriented kid is to educate that kid on what they are. They are from a design standpoint. And then it's not just that, but as a parent, you're going to have to adjust to your child's design. And if you are involved in design, you have a responsibility to. Mm-hmm. If you're involved in design and you're not raising your kid in design, why, why are you in design? Your, your kid needs to be just as absorbed and living differentiatedly as, as you are. Um, and it has to be more and more profound the more right the kid is. The more right the kid is. Mm-hmm. In an ideal world, a right kid doesn't even need to have a strategic thought, really, you know, in, in an ideal world because they know they're, they know what they're there for. They know they're a resource. They know what they're good at. Yeah. You know, this is the ideal future that we're, we're looking, you know, we're, we're looking for, we're looking to build. Uh, yeah, they just need to know who they are, and they need to know that who they are is is different, and to not try to be like somebody else. Mm-hmm. It's the problem, a very large problem in general that we have. We ask kids, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" It's probably the worst thing that we could ever ask a kid. It's the worst. I mean, you know? even asking an eighteen-year-old that, like, they don't know. Yeah. 
The kid is gonna be the kid is gonna be you know the right kid is gonna gonna be a right kid. Mm-hmm. So that's what they that's what they're gonna be, and they need to be empowered that, that that's okay. And it's gonna take a lot of it takes a lot of as a parent it's gonna take a lot of good you know we call it good conditioning mm-hmm. conditioning that's not homogenization right. Every session is good conditioning. Every, you know what I mean? <laughs> Classes, those are good conditioning. Good conditioning, you know, it's yeah. The stuff that's, it's, it's, so you never escape conditioning. It's just what, what kind is it? Uh, yeah. You know, the, the, the parent has to give the kid a lot of good conditioning, you know? It's important that the parent knows and critical. Uh, yeah. I love it. Well, this seems like a good place to wrap up. Um, I'll link all of your information in the show notes. And I mean, I've taken a few of your classes. Your classes are bomb. I highly recommend people take those for integration, not only because you and Sam know your shit, but because you get to interact with other people that are telling stories and you get to learn from everybody in the class. So um, yeah, I love what you guys are doing. It's so cool. Thanks, Teresa. You're awesome. Uh-huh. Thanks for uh, bearing, bearing, bearing with me for for over an hour. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> I, I mean, I could go Fine for projector. I could go for a long time, but my sacral is like, it's okay. <laughs> enough is you, enough, you right? Know when it, you know when enough is enough. You know, yeah. you know when enough is enough. I love talking to you, yeah. dude. It's awesome. I mean, I I geek out on this stuff, so it's cool to have people that can enlighten me on my curiosity around this stuff and it empowers me to want to keep learning too so uh, I'm, I'm really uh really thankful that you asked to have me on here it was very uh that was a, a very quick emotional decision ah. <laughs> i'm like well you can always honest. cancel so <laughs> i know you're like well tentatively and then i was like tentatively i was like Okay, if it's tentative, then I can say yes right now because it's just tentative. <laughs> yeah. With me, it's always tentative. <laughs> me too. That's the beauty of two emotional beings. We we get each other. We're like, we're going to pencil this in, but like, know that I won't be upset yeah. if you cancel. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how it pans out. We'll see, see how it pans yeah. out. Exactly.